a Mitch and Jeremy exclusive. Are you ready? On air. Online. On your smart speaker and wherever you stream. The Mitch LaFon and Jeremy White Show. The Mitch LaFon and Jeremy White Show. Available wherever you stream. Catch up on past interviews and episodes on demand now. Subscribe so you don't miss any of it. We are speaking with the Japanese superstars Man on a Mission. The new album, Break and Cross the Walls 1, is available now. And, of course, Break and Cross the Walls 2 is coming later this year. And as we say here in Montreal, bonjour, Johnny. How are you? I'm doing fine. Thank you very much for your time. Absolutely, and thank you for your time. So, uh, first of all, the uh, Break and the Cross Walls 1 uh, cover art is terrific. Yeah. I love it. Absolutely love. Oh, thank you very much. I, uh, I'm glad you guys like it. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're really satisfied what we made out too. <clears throat> yeah. So, um, the, the band is obviously huge in Japan. Just absolute, <laughs> absolute crazy. I mean, I've been looking at the videos. You've got 90 million views overall. 16 million on on the song "Hero" and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Talk to me about uh, trying to get yourself out internationally and getting Canadians and other. Uh, territories to know you mm-hmm. um ever since we formed this band uh it's it was always uh one of our dreams to just travel all around the world you know sh- show what we got uh, play play and perform music so it's always a pleasure to reach out uh to the audiences overseas and r- right now we're f- facing a pretty hard time you know all over the world right. not uh not getting to travel as easy as it used to be so i can't wait to just you know uh go outside and see you guys in Canada too. <clears throat> yeah, it'll be nice. Uh, in, in terms of music, uh, as I listen to it, I keep thinking of Linkin Park. So to try oh, wow. to situate fans in North mm-hmm. America to what you do, I, I would say, well, they're, they, they sort of are, you know, Linkin Park for the 2020s. Mm-hmm. Um, where do you situate your, your musical influences from? I guess uh, we've, the the core influence to our music was probably all the music that was going on in the 90s uh right. all over the world yeah especially uh the huge movement that was called uh grunge alternative uh, guitar rock kind of stuff also the mixture stuff that started uh linkin park uh obviously uh rage against the machine all the mix the, the hybrid uh kind of bands that always styled the authentic rock and also other essences too so i guess uh we're trying to challenge that in our way in this era yeah <clears throat> yeah and i and i you're doing it very successfully in terms of uh the masks and the wolf heads <laughs> Uh, talk to me about that. Is that something that is a, a gimmick and at some point you get rid of it or you do like Slipknot and you update it and, and you know, next month you're you're a lion or something? Or, <laughs> no, or is, no, it, no. is it essential to what you do? It's permanent. It's essential to what we do. Okay. We look like this. We're, we're what we are right now. So, yeah, it's not a mask. Um, uh, but in other in other in other ways to tell it i guess it's it really helps us a lot because uh traveling you know going outside overseas a lot of people generally categorize a band from like which which country they came from stuff like that but as long as we have an iconic view it's always about the wolves but and i guess it helps a lot for people uh, more focusing on our music you know essentially 
So, so talk, talk to me where the concept came up. Was it a concept of you really want people to focus on the music and not your faces? Or is it really like, hey, you know what? It worked for Kiss. It worked for Alice Cooper. Let's have a marketing kind of angle to what we're doing because it looks great on the album covers, looks great on T-shirts. Um, was there a little bit of that in there as well? <laughs> Well, thanks. Thanks a lot for mentioning it. I mean, like as I said, uh, whenever the first time we came out the, the inside this world, we 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 were this, you know. Right. It's not, it's not a mask. It's not a gimmick. But um, at the same time, uh, briefly speaking, I mean, straight speaking, it, it helps a lot for like the marketing stuff. You know, everybody looks at the cover. Yeah, they immediately recognize this band for what we look like. So yeah, I, I guess it helps a lot. <laughs> Um, and I'll ask you one more question about that, and then we'll get to the music to, and nothing but the music. But you look at a band like Ghost that has had yes, a yes. lot of different members move in and out anonymously mm-hmm. because we don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that something that has been uh, the same for you where you've changed players or has it been the same band the entire decade? All the members uh, never change. We're uh, the, the members never change uh, from the beginning. So yeah, um, I'm sure that you don't have you guys don't have to worry about like somebody else coming into into this band. <laughs> Good. That's what I want to know. Uh, so breaking the break and cross the walls one or break and cross the walls was supposed to be a double album. Of course, yeah. COVID kind of messed that up. Uh, talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, it. It has been almost like three and a half years since we've released our last original, like full mm-hmm. album, stuff like that. And uh, yeah, of course, we were having a pretty hard time during this situation, you know, as well as all, all over the, all the people all over the world. Right. And um, I, we just wanted to make an item, make a make an album that could be a big present for all the people who weren't able to listen to music as like they used to in the early days so yeah uh we tried to make it a double one a big one a huge one but uh the kind of the schedule kind of you know uh gave us a hard time also so yeah we tried to split it up so you split it up now now that you've had more time with the 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 songs on the second album are Hmm. they the same ones that you wanted to present back a couple of years ago have you rethought them have you re-recorded them have you said well you know what if we just add a couple of whatever extra guitar parts to the you know have you Hmm. rethought them or or is it really this is what we recorded a couple years ago and we're just going to get it out now uh we've remastered it so it's going to sound different from what you guys have already listened to and at the same time like splitting it up uh turned out to be a pretty good you know uh gimmick for us too because we've never done this kind of stuff you know uh releasing two albums in a row and after we released the first one like obviously you guys uh the interviewers uh looked checked out checked it out and told Mm -hmm. us a lot of yeah good compliments so i guess Mm -hmm. it helped us a lot in you know uh continually working on a second one uh trying to make it a better one than the first one yeah i can't wait now you've also had uh songs in different anime uh shows Mm -hmm. uh gundam and uh my uh, my hero academy uh, academy (laughs) academy yeah (laughs) yeah that one (laughs) 
I don't know why I can't say that word. Um, maybe it's because it's 10 o'clock at night and I'm having to drink coffee. Um, but talk to me about that writing for, for anime. Do, do you just sort of do a song and then they just take it? Or do you actually sort of get into uh, the characters and, and understand the story and say, okay, lyrically, this is what we need to do. Talk to me about that process a little bit. I guess it's the later part yeah, that you said. Um, we, we are a huge anime fan uh, mm-hmm. ourselves. You know, uh, it's, a, it's a great culture going on in Japan. And I believe it's uh, one of the biggest cultures that actually influences a lot of people all over the world uh, that was made born in Japan and we're a big fan ourselves and uh, but whenever uh, the people who are working on the script uh, the movie the animation whatever uh, always gives us a time to check the movie or the story one more time and we try to dig in you know actually uh yeah dig in the story uh one more time and right. try to make it sound of course our song but at the same time a good anthem for uh the story itself too <clears throat> for the story um real quick uh listening to the band uh, as i have through youtube and itunes uh, i do notice that you sing in english and in japanese uh, talk to me yeah, about yeah. that because uh, obviously if you sing only in japanese you end up yeah. being only a japanese band hard to break in other markets how important is it to to blend in the english and get the english done i guess it's good because you know uh well a lot of people all over the world they use english as i mean uh, their sure. uh, main tongue and well um i guess what we what i said in the beginning i mean uh all of the music that we were uh influenced was uh what was going on in the 90s especially the music compared to japan, uh, talking about japan the, the music that was going overseas yeah so we were we were a big fan of uh you know uh overseas music uh especially in the 90s so i mean it was really naturally natural for us like using english for uh the language the main language to sing on with so so therefore do you write the songs in english or are the songs written in japanese and then somebody translates for you what what exactly is the creative process well, we uh, we write our lyrics ourselves, and um, it, it it depends on what kind of music that we want to uh, create. Uh, if it sounds good in Japanese, it's uh, yeah, we, we write it in Japanese. Well, especially if we want it to sound it like more to reach the Japanese audience, to make the message more persuasive and stuff like that, uh, we choose Japanese. But at the same time, English is a great language uh, that really fits in. Lyrics uh, in like hard sounds, kind of rock sounds itself. So yeah, it's always free for us. Like we just choose what what sounds better. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. And listen, I I won't I won't disagree with that. I, I love English. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, you recently released the ACDC cover of Thunderstruck. Mm-hmm. Now, I find that I don't want to say ironic, but you you talk about uh, how you do the '90s music, and we even talked about Linkin Park. But of course, mm-hmm. you go back to my era and you release <laughs> yeah. uh, Thunderstruck, which I, mm-hmm. I love. Uh, mm-hmm. Talk to me about the influence of ACDC and, you know, wh- why are you not covering, you know, Smells Like Teen Spirit? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, we also, actually, we did uh, cover Smells Like Teen Spirit uh, one time, you know. Uh, oh, did you? Yeah. Uh, oh, I missed it. Days. I'll have to mm-hmm. go watch that. Yeah, but um, ACDC, uh, to tell you the truth, uh, of course, we know the band, you know, a huge band, a really uh, monster band uh, that cut through the world. And uh, but we're we're really not a, a follower of the band. You know, we okay. all, we've always listened to their music, but uh, not not a real big follower of that uh, the band. But 
uh that song uh you know the guitar riff stuff like that uh you know as soon as you hear the two the first two notes of that riff you know everybody just headbangs to that song and i believe it holds a lot of pure rock energy in it that never uh ages you know and um one time we were talking about uh inheriting the rock spirit but at the same time trying to make it sound modernated you know in what in instruments that we use now these days and uh, we've always tried to do that kind of crossover and yeah we chose that song because uh we thought it would be a great great kick great great song to rewrite it and try to sound it modernated but at the same time never decrease the rock spirit that it holds itself so yeah we're really proud of what we and uh, yeah i hope you guys like that too <laughs> i do uh, talk to me about having a dj on stage and scratching because uh, that of course and again we, it, it did start sort of from the late 90s early 2000s mm -hmm. but yeah, it yeah. hasn't been very it hasn't been done recently so talk about uh, bringing that element back and, and what it means to the band it's great because it's uh the dj you know samplers and stuff like that it's a great instrument that adds a lot of you know chemical uh essence to the rock music itself kind of makes it uh, uh you know sound new but at the same time it has the same energy that authentic uh, instruments have like guitars and basses stuff like that and we were yeah a fan of what was going on in the 90s like incubus of course lincoln park uh, mm -hmm. a lot of bands who use djs and yeah it was really natural for us to choose a member uh the instrument a dj to join the band yeah and it's it's still one of our key probably essences to our music ourselves you know for, yes. for making our new originality it's great you, you've also collaborated with uh, patrick stump of fallout boy Mm -hmm. um talk to me about that collaboration how, how did sort of a, a an american kind of yeah, yeah. uh musician uh, become aware of you and how did you end up uh, collaborating i mean fallout boy as long as i know is probably one of the most uh well known I, i'm not sure if it's safe to say this but probably the last stadium rock artist that we know you know from the late, late uh, 2000s yeah. and yeah they always have a good backbone of rock music itself but also trying to you know uh innovate it yeah evolute it in a, another another phase and yeah we were a big fan of that band too and well one time we were working with epic in america and a lot of people in, in those days uh it was pretty you know uh common for uh bands writing co-writing co with a lot of people and they tried to make a list that uh what kind of you know producers what kind of uh songwriters are you interested in and i i recall that we uh added patrick on that list too and yeah they just uh, immediately contacted patrick stump and uh. yeah he said yes and it just happened <laughs> oh that that's actually very cool um, in terms of, uh, and, and we touched upon it uh, at the beginning, in terms of breaking the North American market, now we have the uh, breaking the Cross the Walls 1 and 1 and 2 coming. What is sort of the plan, especially given the context of COVID and all this other stuff? Are you coming over to do a major tour? Would it be a, a, a tour just on your own? Or do you want to sort of hook up with one of the bands here and, and either open for them or, or have them open for you? What are sort of the plans now to to reach past Japan, uh, Japan and take over yeah. Canada, North America, Europe, hopefully? 
Mm-hmm. I mean, anything anything would be great as long as you know we have a chance to go over there. Uh, we've we've done a couple of tours with other bands, like hooking up with them, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Jimmy Eat World, uh, and Stone uh, <clears throat> Stone Sour uh, bands yep. like that. We've done an American tour, and we've also done our own tour in yeah, I, I believe it was uh, Toronto, Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is yeah. So I mean hooking up with another band doing it by ourselves anything would do if, if, if it's okay you know the schedule is okay stuff like that <clears throat> um just quickly talk to me a little bit about the japanese music scene because i'm a, a huge fan of uh, japanese cds i buy all my cds from cd japan wow. because there's always yeah. bonus tracks and there's always mm-hmm. and the manufacturing of cds and vinyl from japan is is world class you can't can't be yeah, yeah that, it's it's still a big business you know making cds i believe it's not that major uh anymore you know making a, a real uh cd now these days everybody's like using spotify you know all the data kind of stuff but yeah i guess it's really huge the industry itself is really still huge in japan but what is the uh, the rock scene like? Because you think of baby metal and you think of Alduius and, and a bunch of other bands. Yeah, yeah. There, there seems to be a lot of rock. And, and quite frankly, there seems to be a lot of female, all female heavy metal or hard rock bands oh. in Japan, which is actually kind of yes, cool. Yeah. Mm, um, it is. Uh, yeah. Talk to me a bit about, about the scene, because here, you know, uh, rock is not always obvious. Uh, we're, we're more into pop. We're more into Jay-Z mm. or, or, or whoever, or The weekend or whatever. <laughs> yeah. um, but Japan seems to be holding on and seems to be creating more and new and, and fresh and exciting. What is the scene like over there currently? I mean, I'm really, I'm proud. I'm, I'm glad you uh, yeah, mentioned like uh, the rock scene in Japan like that because, yeah, I believe so too. I mean, it, yeah, rock music is still big. It still has the power and the influence uh, that we've seen in whatever, the, the 90s, the 80s. I mean, it's still going on. And I guess... Uh, I don't know why, but yeah, um, comparing to the world, probably Japan has the most, you know, uh, vibrant. Yeah, they're vibrant. Yeah, really various kind of uh, artists are you know coming up uh, out uh, every day, and yeah, yeah. Now I'm not really sure why, but you know, it's it's great to be in the scene in Japan and seeing it because, and I love it that a lot of people all over the world are. Uh, loving you know baby metal stuff like that yeah they even done uh uh one man show in oh, what was that uh in england that yeah. uh, big stadium oh uh the, the o2 or wembley oh wembley yeah they done yeah. in wembley i mean i never imagined that you know a japanese metal band you know a 10 year old girl singing in front of you know the same guys and everybody just had bang into that it's so beautiful yeah it, it is great now in terms of the band sound, which we've discussed, do you see yourself sort of doing that like ACDC for the next 20 or 30 years? Or do you see yourself more like a Madonna or a U2 or even a Peter Gabriel that mm-hmm. sort of switches stuff up and says, okay, we've done the rock stuff. Now let's go do a prog thing. Now let's go do our pop album. Mm-hmm. Do, do you see yourself switching your sound or or are you like ACDC? No, this is who we are. This is what we do. Take it or leave it. I guess our band uh, writes a lot of kinds, various kind of, you know, uh, mm-hmm. songs uh, talking about genre. Like uh, now these days, a lot of people call it genre bending, mm-hmm. stuff like that. 
Yeah, we really cross over to the genre itself. I mean, a lot of things were going on in the 90s. It was pop, it was rock, it was grunge, it was mixture, it was hip hop. Right. But everything was so, yeah, it was, everything sounded cool. And we ourselves are probably really stuck in that, you know, uh, the, the the variety of music, the, but the power and the music itself. So as our band, I guess we've we've always write a lot of kind of songs, and as long as it sounds good, and as long as it sounds man with a mission, we're probably, you know, going back and forth, doing rock stuff, doing new stuff, trying to add new elements, but at the same time, never forget about the spirit that the uh, that was always in our music that we've listened to. Yeah, right, 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 which is great. Um, and then uh, I'll start wrapping up here in a second, but. Can you explain the man on a man with a mission? I should say, uh, mm -hmm. man on a mission is a Van Halen song. I keep saying. Oh, that. that's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you see, I'm a Van Halen fan, so it's it's burned in my brain. Um, uh, can you explain the the man with a mission phenomenon in Japan? Because again, I, I go to the YouTube page, I see 90 million total views, 16 million for Hero, 23 million for this one, 14 million for that one. Um, what is it about the band that has captured the imagination of the Japanese audience? Um, well, yeah, I mean, it's probably, uh, it, it's definitely, uh, what we, the appearance of this band. It's, you know, it's a great eye catch. Everybody sure. knows this suddenly, but at the same time, I believe, um, Appearing like this, but at the same time, uh, doing music that has the energy and also the passion that, you know, probably everybody holds, but a wolf is doing it. So it's more, the message is more straight and kind of, I, I believe it kind of sounds innocent too, you know, it's never about like showing off or like right. trying to be in a band and, uh, you know, being cool and stuff like that, but as long as a wolf is doing it. So I guess people are really focusing to our music a lot more uh, than, you know, normal bands, stuff like that. And they also enjoy any kind of backstory that we have, you know, different from the human beings. And I guess that's the whole package the phenomena that's going on in uh among our band yeah <clears throat> which is great and, and by the way since we mentioned van halen were you a van halen fan i'll just throw that out randomly because <laughs> i mean i mean he's he's the god of guitars you know <laughs> right yeah you know do you have any uh any any favorite van halen songs while we're at it because van halen songs i mean uh, you, you gotta cover man on a mission i mean at this point <laughs> oh yeah um uh, well. I'm not sure if I'm uh, saying the, the hotback teacher. Yeah. The the what teacher? Uh, that I I can immediately uh, sing the guitar with ding Yeah, hold on. Uh, I'm hot for teacher. Yeah, I'm hot for teacher. I mean that that is such a yeah that is such a kick-ass song. Yeah. That is a, a phenomenal song. Um, in terms of since you have this great visual. Do you ever see yourself maybe making a man with a mission movie or TV show or something mm -hmm. that takes it out of the music realm and brings it into another medium? Yeah, I mean, we've already challenged our own documentary movie and we've already, yeah. Uh, no, but do you, yeah, do you yeah, see yeah, yourself maybe as doing like a superhero movie or, or, or just something that'll be more fun or more just sort of outside of... Yeah, of, yeah. I mean, we're perfect for that kind of items, you know. <laughs> like, I agree, and that's why I'm asking. 
Yeah. So, um, yeah, actually, we've been talking about that a long time because, you know, th that's another great way to break through our character, our music overseas. Animation would help a lot. So, yeah, we've always been talking about that. And um, if you got if you know somebody who can you know make that happen, please introduce him immediately. <laughs> Well, I do know a few people actually. So wow. Maybe Thanks. I'll maybe I'll get on on that. Uh, absolutely, uh, great talking to you, and uh, I, I'm just so uh, excited by what the the possibilities holds for the band because I, I've been tweeting about it and I've been m mentioning it, and you know my my followers are are you know North American stuff, and they're all mm -hmm. like, "Wow, this band is great." Where are they wow. new? And you go, mm -hmm. "No, it's it's been ten years," and they go, "Wow." How do I not know them? And I go well, because you're you're not in Japan. Um, <laughs> so so uh, so I'm looking forward to to letting more people know about the band and getting the message out. And uh, there you go. And after these two okay. albums are done, have you have you thought of of what's next? Yeah, um, I mean, as soon as we finish, oh, it's just a couple more songs to finish the second one. And I mean, as soon as we finish it, as you already mentioned, we're willing to, you know, go back. Uh, see you guys America, in America and Canada. And after that, we're actually working on another song, of course, not on the album. And I believe it's going to be a big news all over the world. Yeah, uh, for the world, not only in Japan. So I can't wait to you know, release that news to you guys too. Well, since you've uh, teased it, what's it for? Is it a is it a for a soundtrack? Is it for an anime thing? Is it is it a political statement? What 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 is this one song that's going to change the world? I I'm not sure if we can we're allowed to say it, but um, you guys can probably watch it watch it the item all over the world. Yeah, it's not not only a domestic one in Japan. <clears throat> oh well, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, there you go. And uh, as we say here in Montreal, uh, thank you. Uh, thank you absolute very much. pleasure. And uh, I'll tell you this: my dream has always been to go to Japan. That is something on my bucket list, and I'm hoping to get it done. Please, soon. anytime, anytime. Please welcome. <laughs> Now, back to the Mitch LaFon and Jeremy White Show. All right. Well, let's get right into it. Uh, good to have Ryan back on the show. Mother Mother got a brand new um, geez, video for Hayloft 2 that's about now. Uh, the deluxe edition of Inside available now as well. Uh, fall tour is confirmed and tickets are going out. Demand is overwhelming. Coming to a city near you very soon. Uh, welcome to the show, Ryan from Mother Mother. Back <laughs> on the show. Good to see you again, man. How you doing? I'm great. Thank you for having me back. It's good to see you guys. How's it going? Good, good. Last time we spoke, we were talking all about uh, vinyl and your vinyl collection. Have you collected any new uh, cool pieces since last time we spoke? Or I have not. I, I've been pretty neglectful to the art of vinyl. <laughs> Come on. That's just sad. You got to, what, like record stores closed over there or what? Like you're not picking up any new music? I'm not. No, I'm, I'm being a bad music enthusiast, I have to be honest. I can't even tell you why. <laughs> right. So then talk to me about, uh, about the new deluxe edition. What are fans going to get on this one that haven't seen it yet? And since you're not running out and buying music, uh, try to convince me to run out and buy this. Well, this deluxe edition is certainly the most we've put into Right. an extension of an album it has the most songs and it's really diverse and robust in its style um there's a portion of it that certainly harken back and sounds and feels nostalgic to the early mother mother days it's quirkier it's wordier the arrangements are more bizarre it's stripped down 
And that was something very purposeful. We wanted to honor the early sound in light of the early sound being the gateway to all of this new success in recent times. Right. Um, but, but we also wanted it to be modern. And so you have Hayloft 2, which is the sequel to Hayloft 1, our biggest song. And it very much is Hayloft 2022. You know, it doesn't sound nostalgic. It's, it's a modern alternative production. The song Life, that is also a new production style for us, probably the most modern we've sound. Um, there's a beautiful demo of a phone voice memo demo of one of the songs from inside called like a child. So when you put it all together, it's, there's no one song that is like another. And I think it's a really exciting musical journey. How's that? Did, that? did I sell you on it? That you sold me on. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we're 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 good to buy this now. Which is perfect. Um, talk to me about Hayloft too, because obviously Hayloft one was the big one. Uh, TikTok loves it. Um, is the plan with TikTok? Oh, not not with TikTok, but Hayloft two to try to recreate that that uh, social media buzz again. I think no. Right. Certainly you want all of your songs to reach as far as they can and for people to like them. But we just wanted to make a great song that celebrated the story and that we hope the fans enjoyed to listen to and made them feel good. As for trying to recreate like a virality or, you know, scheme it in that direction. No, if that happens as a byproduct, then that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But it was more about uh, uh, an exhilarating songwriting exercise in writing a sequel, something we'd never done, and then giving some some respect to that story, which in recent times has deepened and gained so much new dimension through this brand new audience. When a song takes off on TikTok like yours does, and you see what other users are doing with your song. Is there part of you that goes, wow, this is great. But then is there another part that goes, hey, that's not the vision of the song. You can't use that. Is it great? Or is it sort of a bit of a both where you sort of go, yeah, it's great that it's popular, but that's not the vision. What are you doing? the intention. Right. There is no intention. Art is free. And I believe my philosophy is that it's an energy and if you're lucky enough to channel it be a conduit and it pass through you and turn into something good then it's an honor it's a humbling honor um and i think the more people can get their hands on it and rip it apart and extrapolate it and proliferate it the better so no there's not one fiber of me that feels an ownership and a protective quality the uh, the band is on tour, and of course you've got more shows coming up the rest of the year. I'm from that older generation where bands had to go out to play to develop a market, had to develop their skills. What is the live show for you? Is it just sort of a visual presentation of the music? Is it about developing your skills? Is it about reaching fans? What does the live show mean to you? The, it's all of the above, right. um, but most importantly, it is the most potent and powerful way to make a connection and nurture the relationship with the actual consumer. Right. Um, and it has been by far the the most important pillar of our business for the last 
next 16 years. Um, it's more than just playing your songs. It's having a conversation. It's what you say in between songs. It's how you change your songs. It's how you medley your songs. It's how you celebrate the region, the city that you're in. So people feel palpably that you're acknowledging them. Um, yeah, without the live show, we would not be talking right now. So, right. Yeah, it's it's important, and yeah. it, I'm curious. Does your live show have a drum solo in it? I'm just I'm just curious. <laughs> it has, it has. Um, Bathroom break. It has. A- <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Jeremy knows that I have a, a a deep aversion to drum solos, so I always have to find out. But it, it's it's yeah. good to know. Yeah. Go ahead, Jeremy. Well, it has talking a, about it has that a drum moment. Good. Well, we like that. Listen, hey, it's a drum moment. It's not necessarily, is it a drum solo or a drum moment? There's a difference. <laughs> Big difference. Big difference. <laughs> uh, April 29th, tours kicking off in Victoria, B.C. at the Royal Theatre. Going to be hitting Montreal at the Corona Theatre on May 11th. Tickets are on sale now at Venco.ca. Uh, you said something really interesting, and I want to touch on this. Um, you said that the music has more of a modern, alternative kind of feel and production to it. Can you describe what a modern, alternative production is? Yeah, um, there is more industrial sampling underpinning the organic drums. So if you were to look at a session, a Pro Tools session, mm-hmm. you'd see the you know all the mics that, that were put on the real drum kit, and then below it you would see you know thirty to forty tracks of various kick and snare sampling and percussion sampling. Mm-hmm. infiltration rhythmic infiltration yeah. um and then you know the bass it doesn't sound like an organic bass guitar it has all of these fuzzy distorted components which also makes it more modern um the vocal stacking is is more involved and elaborate you know things like that i think add up to a uh, modern alternative production where does the inspiration for that come from, though? I mean, you know, when I think of alt- when I think of industrial, I'm thinking, you know, Living Dead Girl from Rob Zombie, and I'm thinking Marilyn Manson and Trent Reznor and, you know, right. that kind of sound. But how are you taking it and creating sort of your own thing with it? I mean, the bands that you just said, I, I've, I've heard that stuff. I love it. Nine Inch Nails. You, you hear something that moves you, and then you, you are driven to learn more about it so you can implement it into your own art. And that's mm. that's the way it's always been. It's like when I heard the Pixies for the first time at 10 years old, it's like, I need to, I need to do that, whatever that yeah. is. It needs to be quirky. It needs to be strange. Um, and so the more you live, the more you're exposed to, and the more your sound changes and evolves. Does a certain sound inspire a song? Because, I mean, man, there's so many times where we've spoken to a, a musician and they just say, oh, you know, I plugged my guitar into that JCM 800 and the tone that came out of it was, oh, it just instantly inspired, you know, Sweet Child of Mine or, you know, Whatever, yeah. have, have you had that sort of kind of moment on this new music where it's like you plug in or you're, you're, pro, you're dialing in a drum sound or, uh, you know, you're sampling all these snares and kicks, like, you know, the tin can snare like sample. Does, does that inspire the writing or? Absolutely. I mean, I can't point to a direct example on this package, but that's happened a thousand times yeah. before you like, you dial up some quirky synth sound and that is the inroad to the song. It's 
it's great when that happens but other times it's like you it's more it's more from the bottom up there's a melody there's a lyric there's an acoustic guitar and then you conceptualize what you'll do to that skeleton yeah right. does it start with you for a guitar like a, with a guitar riff or like a drum loop or like like how does this what's the songwriting process like for you everything i mean it starts with a guitar riff like hayloft 2 was born from the riff that was the very first thing that was written yeah um sometimes i take poetry and extrapolate it into lyrics and put it over chord progressions mm-hmm. um sometimes you just pick up a guitar and you sing and you play the song at the same time as though it was already written as though someone just like injected it into your brain those are the best because that's the most magical and that that's the most like guided by forces beyond right. your explanation that's the right. best right let me uh, let me talk to you about the importance of new music. Uh, you have eight albums that came out in a very short span. I mean, I'm I'm thinking of bands from my era like Poison and Cinderella that have three albums in forty years, and you've got eight in like you know just just over a decade. Talk to me about the importance of not just living on the past, not just sitting on your laurels, but getting in there and putting new music out there and having the fans tune into new music and not just put, here's the greatest hits, here's our tour with our 12 songs that we always play. Um, it's important. Yeah, I mean, it's a combination of that's the thing we love to do the most. Right. Is to create... Um, so you you do it innately you do it by accident but then again it's your job and you want you want to survive you want to be successful and so the the vocational survival aspect drives the recurrence of your creation if if you just like won the lottery and you didn't have to like support yourself then maybe you wouldn't feel so pressed to put a record out every 2 years um, so it's this beautiful push and pull between doing what you love to do and doing what you have to do to get by. And for us, that has just amounted to um, a really consistent album release structure of an album every two years or less. Um, Organically or is it forced? It, it always has to start organically. Um, I, I believe creativity and songwriting it needs to come from the right place and once it does then you can kind of muscle it into whatever shape you you so desire um but if people if people say that they are just going to simply wait until they're inspired before they write then a whole lifetime can go by so this whole idea of like forcing being a pejorative or a negative idea i don't um agree with i think sometimes you do need to force yourself to crack open in order mm-hmm. to access that creative energy. I, I fully agree. Perspiration is as important as inspiration. I mean, it just it yeah. just is. That hard work is important. Um, looking back at, at your catalog and where you want to go in the future, and I'm going to compare it to, to these bands. Some bands like U2 or Madonna or whatever, they will put whatever they want out and the fan base will follow them because they know that they want to be with that artist. And then you get ACDC that says, you know what, our three-chord structure works and we'll just keep doing that. What is your vision for the band? Do you want to be more sort of like you 2 and Madonna and just create anything without boundaries? Or do you eventually want to be like ACDC and say, this is Mother Mother's sound, this is what we do, get on the bus or get off the bus? 
I think a combination of both. I think there's some really important key elements to what makes Mother Mother sound like vocal harmonies, dark, um, kind of introspective lyrics and interesting chord progressions and, and sort of risky melodies. And so if I up and decided that I'm only going to write songs that have two chords, no vocal harmonies and really basic lyrics, because that's what I'm driven to do. I don't know if that would be very respectful or smart in light of this sound and this family that we've nurtured and developed over such a long period of time. I would have to be honest that I would have to take those things into consideration. And maybe if my heart truly wanted to write music that defied everything that makes mother, 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 then maybe it would be a solo album or maybe it would be something else. Right. Um, but at the same time, we've always been a band that has pushed our own boundaries and changed our sound in areas, I think, while still respecting some of those key elements right. along the way. And, and it is it is also exciting to, to sort of drag along the fan base, whether it's willingly or kicking and screaming and saying, this is what we're doing, come and join us. I mean, th- there's a certain courage to that and a certain... Yeah artistry to that which you have to you have to respect um looking back where does your sound come from like what are the bands that you sit around and say wow i love that is it like rob zombie like like uh, jeremy was saying is it dead can dance is it is it you know pretty boy floyd where did you get inspired from pretty boy floyd oh my god okay okay nobody got inspired (laughs) by pretty boy floyd i just threw that out there (laughs) um it's the pixies it's led zeppelin it's nine inch nails it's um Talking Heads, Tool, uh, Metallica. I mean, I definitely had like a super. uh, It's a very nineties inspiration. It's not, you know, you're not, you're not saying Def Leppard and Van Halen. Yeah, it's definitely Nirvana. Um, Yeah, Deftones, big one, one. that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, look, um, geez, deluxe, super special deluxe edition of their hit album Inside coming out. uh, Hayloft Two. Uh, coming well, premiered today. Premiered today on just uh, watched YouTube. it. Yeah, pretty nuts. Uh, pretty amazing. Uh, gonna be hitting the road, going a bunch of dates in the U.S. Uh, gonna hit in Minneapolis, St. Louis, uh, Chicago, New York at the Hammerstein Ballroom on October 10th. Speaking of, I've only seen one ever concert at the Hammerstein Ballroom in New York. It was Marilyn Manson and Rob Zombie. There so, you go. Oh wow, awesome. Yeah. Uh, Boston on October 12th at the House of Blues. You get all the deets online, uh, mothermothersite.com, and you can pick up the latest edition of the super special edition of uh, the record as well, which is awesome. Hayloft 2 streaming now. Great stuff. It's always so great to chat with you, and uh, I'm going to have to listen up for these industrial samples in the new music because uh, I, I <laughs> love that it. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. How, how well, many tracks so of real drums? How many tracks of real drums versus how many tracks of samples you got in the Pro Tool session? Um, I'd say Hayloft 2, it's about equal, but then there's some songs on the deluxe where it was like the mandate was no samples, uh-huh. um, be- because we were trying to honor our roots. And mm-hmm. so that was a really important aspect to this package. Whereas life, that song has three drum kits and they're all fake. Wow. And that's it. Like programmed, like on the grid or like MIDI loops or... Yeah, programmed on the grid, but then moved to not be totally on the grid. And then you go into each fill and design the fill. One kit is like, 
a dirty, overly compressed, trashy room kit. One is like a damage kit that is like true blue industrial. And then the other is like an old Gretsch kit that's kind of the more earthy. And then the three just kind of layer and it sort of creates this tapestry. Is your drummer there when you're programming these drum parts or you just send them the track for like, here, learn this for the live show? <laughs> um, I mean, typically, but that song happens so fast. Like I, I was just kind of messing around with someone else working on their music. Yeah. And as a songwriting exercise, um, we tried to do something brand new because we were struggling with the other thing. And then that song life just wrote itself in like 10 minutes. And I asked her if I could use it for Mother Mother. And she was like, yeah, go for it. And then I just spent two days messing around, building those drums. I shared it with the label. And everyone was like, don't touch it. Something ha- magical happened. Like, don't, don't do real drums. And I was like, I get it. Yeah, like sometimes when you're making a demo, you just, you just strike magic. And the more you try to recreate it, the worse it gets. So yeah. that was a unique instance. Yeah, there's something about the vibe when something happens in the spur of the moment, and it's like you can't really recapture that later on. It's you can't you know, recreate it's like, you magic. Can't magic is magic. Yeah, yeah, totally makes sense. There you go. Well, Hayloft two available now. Go stream it, download it, do your thing. See them on the road this fall. Also going to be hitting a bunch of Canadian cities uh, in the spring. Really good to chat with you. This is awesome. Uh, are we going to get some vinyl yeah. on of this the, the new super deluxe edition, or going to do cassettes? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no cassettes. Nobody wants cassettes. The, the, the whole cassette and eight track re thing. It's just, no, it's I lived it. Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's a little bit much, but yeah, I, I, I would expect some vinyl <laughs> down the final. We'll take yeah. final. We'll take. take. And of course, like Corona fun. Theater in Montreal. Uh, why not? Because yeah, so appropriately named in, the, in this day and age. <laughs> That's right. right. Surprised they haven't renamed yeah. it yet. <laughs> I'm actually, actually, for real, I'm shocked. But thank you, yeah, thank you, Ryan. A Always a pleasure. Hopefully, we'll see you in Montreal this May. This May, it's going to be a good time. Thanks, man. Great Hope to chat. So. See okay, you take soon. care. Yeah. Bye bye. Cheers. An all new episode of the Mitchell Fine and Jeremy White Show Tuesday at noon. Available wherever you stream. Catch up on past interviews, bonus content, and episodes on demand now. Visit YouTube.com/slash Jeremy White Show. Follow Mitch and Jeremy on Twitter. Yeah, they're verified. At Mitch LaFon and at Jeremy White MTL.